Welcome to the Runner's Roundtable podcast. My name is Stephanie Diaz, and in season two of the Runner's Roundtable, I'll be talking to different female coaches about their running stories and coaching philosophies. I've benefited greatly from having a run coach, and I'm so excited to share these conversations with you all. In this episode, I'm talking to Jessica Biggio, a Miami-based run coach who focuses on working with athletes in person and on the run. Enjoy our conversation, and thanks for listening. All right. Well, welcome, welcome, welcome. This is a new season of Runner's Roundtable, and it's going to be focusing on conversations with coaches. And today, or right now, I have Jessica with me. And Jessica is someone that I actually first found out about you through Just Jess. And it was the frozen, I think it was Crazy Elvis was the flavor. Yes, yes. Oh, Oh, yeah. Yeah, (laughs) and it was from that. Like I, my driving radius is really small, but I would make sure to drive to Iron, which is a store here in Miami, just to pick those up. Like I wouldn't get anything else, no shoes, nothing else. Just that. Like call ahead and make sure it's there. And figuring out. Yeah, because that happened to me one time where I went and they had the samples in the freezer and I was like, that's the one I want. And they're like, we don't have that one. Or they had it and then it sold out. So I'm like, okay, let me shift there. So that's where I first, I was first introduced to you. And then I think maybe, when did you run Chicago for the first time? That was just last year, 21. So maybe it was New York City, because I feel like I did my first marathon, maybe around the similar time that you did yours. So that's where I was like, okay, she runs too. So not only is she creating this delicious goodness, but she's also a runner as well. So before I continue to talk, tell us about yourself and if you can give us your running history and then also your coaching history. What led you to become a coach? What got you into running in the first place? Sure. Thank you for having me and having this discussion. We had a couple of, I mean, the running community is pretty small for Miami. So at some point somewhere, if you're on here and you're on the social platforms and you know, you're, you're going to um, run into each other in some fashion. So the running for me, it's, I had my, when I met you, I actually had my hand in a bunch of pots and as of now, so much of that has kind of organically branched out. And now I'm, the pandemic kind of set the tone a lot for the run coaching, which I had been doing for nine years already, because I started running in New York City. And I was going through pretty much a messy, like, traumatic breakup, I would say. And running kind of found me. I would walk around Central Park for hours and hours. I was in college. I was 20, between 20 and 21. And then, you know, just that break of, I'm going to run this block. I would see so many runners up there. And it's just, that's the hub. And running just became, long story short, my time. It was, you know, back then and even up until... I probably met you when I actually engaged on social media. I was very anti-social media. I was already like 34 or something when I actually opened my account because I wanted to start this small business of, you know, making 
healthy ice cream protein treats. So I was really dabbling in an uncomfortable um, arena at the time. And that's where I, how I got to meet you and other people in the running community. Because before that, it was just my personal thing. I didn't want to share it with anyone. Um, I didn't want to run with anyone. I was like <laughs> already a personal trainer at the time working for pretty much full time. After I had moved to Miami and had my son, I took a couple of years, but um, it's been 10 years straight up now. So that avenue kind of opened that door because I found the indoor treadmill and the, the gym community, the fitness community in New York when I got really sick of the cold, frigid, frigid, and I just didn't want to give up my run. So you know, I would go on the treadmill in the gym and that was about it and really didn't really dabble in any other avenue of fitness until I did. <laughs> so when I did that and then came to work full time, I was at the time working at the Miami Beach JCC. I've worked at Crunch here in Miami. And um, anyways, once my son was like two years old, I decided to just embark on that more full time. And I kind of my running actually took a back seat. And then I started to acquire one-on-one -on -one clients outside of the gym and I would, you know, go to their homes and running is just so much who I am. It was my time of day, always made time for it. And it was totally solo mission. So when I started to work with other athletes, it just organically became something they were interested in. They knew I ran. It wasn't, it wasn't something I could even hide. I wasn't even, I didn't even run my first race, which wasn't, it was a half, a half marathon in 2014 was my first race. And that was the Miami half. And I just remember my eyes being like, I was blown away. I couldn't believe I was not partaking in this for so many years, running already 12 years and not doing any races, no Garmin watch, no aspect of, you know, pace, time. I just was always running by feeling. I always ran with music. So stepping outside of my comfort zone and having, having to use my running experience with my clients because and the fitness world, especially in Miami, maybe now running, I don't know about you, but it's become very pop culture. It's very cool. It's very in trend right now. And it has been, I would say, over probably the past four or five years, it kind of just like took this big, you know, ginormous step into the spotlight, whereas before it was kind of like a dorky thing, I feel like, if you were like a running nerd. And you knew all about your specific stuff and your gear and your shoes. And I would just go to the same ASIC store on the Upper West Side and buy my same sneakers there <laughs> year after year after year. One pair for the whole year. Now you can't get through more than like 300 miles. I wish. I wish I could have I'm one pair. Like, totally taking advantage of the situation, you know? Um, so that's a whole nother podcast, I imagine. Anyway, so... Um, when I started running with my personal training clients, I would say, you know, okay, I'm going to do this class, but I'm going to train for this marathon. So, oh, I want to run with you. I want to run with you. I want to run with you. So that was that interest. So that led me to running with groups. I was pushed into, not, I, there was a woman that I, I worked with and she also 
was a marathoner and she would teach classes at the JCC and she was like, Hey, you really need to be running with this group that I run. Like you, I didn't, I wasn't competitive. I wasn't competitive with others and I wasn't competitive with myself with running. I just did it for the pure love of it. So I was like, okay, it was really, really uncomfortable for me, believe it or not. I'm not really social. I'm pretty much like it introverted extrovert like I'm extroverted in certain scenarios with certain people but all in all I'm pretty much like a homebody I like to keep to myself it's just the way that I have always been so stepping into these bigger groups was really like uncomfortable for me so I did it anyway Saturday morning and I was like whoa you know these people are so fast you know and I was like got a taste of it and I loved it I was like, okay, you know, and then there'd be somebody else saying, hey, you need to do this and you need to do that. And my just my ears started, you know, my head started spinning. So, of course, I did sign up. Actually, I started going to those Saturday long runs with this group because I decided after that I had done like two halves and I was hooked to the half marathon. I, I mean, it took me maybe four more years before I even ran a 5k I was always I was like half marathon. <laughs> the longer distances yeah I was, I was I was in it for the long haul so I did sign up for the Miami full the following year that was 2015 and my goal was just to finish I still didn't have a running watch I was running off a of feeling and then also with people so I was getting a more sense of pace versus effort when I had always run on effort um, I always knew that I could run for hours and hours and be just fine. So when I started to kind of push myself outside of my physical comfort zone, I also was awakened to the prospect of being competitive within myself and around these other super faster runners that seemed like they just had much more race experience. And, and I was still coaching my private clients. And I had at the time like three and I felt confident with that. I was never, I mean, I'm certified in many things, but I never took in a, you know, a formal running coach certification. I, um, you know, self-taught. I, I, I had a mentor who kind of, she coached me just gently into my half marathon because she was the one who kind of catapulted my fitness career here in Miami. She's 20 years, my senior. So her experience with, you know, she was like a three-time, four-time Ironman black belt creator of like cardio kickboxing when, you know, at the time being a, being a strong, fast, competitive female was not so common. So when she took me under her wing, she was really, you know, like grooming me for this. And she would always tell me in my back of my ear like, you need to be racing and I didn't even know what the hell that meant I was like whatever um you know I was always pretty athletic and I enjoyed the grind of a good workout a hard run I just it was it was just part of my routine um but she always was in my ear like the first one pushing me she's the one who set me up at this play at the JCC where my career in fitness and running blossomed. So uh, a lot of that became because of the mentorship. So I have to say that that was like a huge, 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 huge 
thing that in my early 20s, mid 20s, 25 to 30 was like a prime time where I didn't even realize the education I was getting. It was like on a daily basis, five times a week, whether it was running, biking, um, you know, weightlifting, teaching me how to do pull-ups. Like I was unafraid at the time. And that's a little bit sacred. I think that ignorance is bliss. Oh yeah. One thousand percent. Right now we just have so much data, so much access. We can compare our runs, compare ourselves, compare, 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 compare. And you can like get dizzy with that, you know? Um, so that slowly blossomed and I was very careful at first with the coaching because I had a pretty full plate with teaching, with personal training, and then run coaching. These are, these are very different approaches with people. So you have completely different people, different personalities, different goals. Then you do someone who's like, Hey Jess, I want you to train me. I have this wedding. This is your typical, I can put in a box, you know, female and, and, or couples. I train a lot of married couples who they, they have this one hour before the day starts like 6am. They can get, I can show up and they can have this time together, work out. And, you know, you see this marriage and relationship blossom into this wonderful thing that they didn't have before because of this hour they're spending together. Yeah. So for me, that was like such a special thing. And I wanted to make sure that I could still give myself of that to them wholeheartedly, because I felt like that's really where my gifts were. Like that was once I connected with people, I'm definitely, I don't know. I mean, even some of my clients have said like, you're a, you're a, I love you. Or I hate, I'm like, a lo- I'm, I'm, I'm very black and white. Like I'm either you love me or you're like, this is not for me. You know, <laughs> like I'm, there's no like, oh, she's okay. Or whatever, you know, we're kind of like all in and I have relationships with these clients for a decade now. And I'm very grateful for that. And it's, um, spun up some great opportunities also and I've met some great other clients through them as well so as the running proceeded I was like well I want a running coach you know like I want to learn more like I know what I know but I know there's so much more so naturally I was like okay I want this guy he owns I run Kobe he's 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 the guy that's got all these people. They're super fast. And I need to prove that I'm good enough, you know, for this group. And, and, you know, at first he just like turned me down straight up. Like, well, can you run, um, can you run 820 for 16 miles? Like that was our first conversation. And I realized what I was asking, because this is somebody who's, this is their life's work. And I, he's never seen me run, you know, like uh, Hector has, who I've run many, many miles with. And this, this other person has never seen me run. He, you know, operates and writes the workouts for Workout Monday. Those of you who know, it's like pretty intense, but well organized workout uh, every Monday night. It's been going on for 12 years here in Miami. Um, Anyways, I had never even shown up there. And he was like, can you run 16 miles at an 820 pace? Because at the time, my BQ, 
I had said in my head, I ran my second marathon. That was New York, which is when I think I met you because I was in the really in the works of raising uh, charity funds for that race, which was my second marathon and the just goodness. So my hands were full. I had a full, full plate. And I realized after that New York, like, Hey, I think I, I think I got something here. Like, I think I can go for this BQ. I, meanwhile, I had run like 358, which to me, you know, I mean, it's really incredible how relative you would say fast is it's such a personal running is so different for everyone that as a coach if you don't approach the runner and train the athlete you're going to be stuck in this like windmill of of a cycle of like chasing numbers and that's really for what i've found now that's not that's not really where you're going to have success with as a coach or as a runner so that relationship needs to be pretty clear i this is why i i had said to you when you asked me to do this i was like well i i only i only coach in person meaning i don't do virtual things i started the virtual thing when when the pandemic started and that still continues with uh, three time a week workouts which is a huge strength regimen that has kind of compounded on the running, on the run coaching, and those clients do intertwine because getting into the next piece of coaching is that once I was being coached, I had realized so many things that even though that your coach is a tool, your Garmin is a tool, your running shoes are a tool, your nutritionist, if that's the route you want to go and you're trying to, you know, BQ and you have to get up and, you know, cross all these lines and dot all these I's, then you're going to go for it because it's, take, it's usually going to take an immense amount of dedication and effort to accomplish a marathon personal goal, even if that is a sub four which was mine in New York. And then I was like blown away that I could do it. So I wanted to reach for more. And that's not the case for everyone. Some people want to complete the marathon, start the marathon. I think that getting to the start of a marathon, the line, the start line is the first huge accomplishment because most people don't get there. You know, you get in, people get injured. It's a lot of mileage. If you can't, you got to figure out how do I balance, you know, my life. We're not out here. We're amateurs. We're having fun. It's our hobby. Some people take it more seriously than others. So you need, you need to know who you're dealing with, you know, um, and what the goal is. And then from there, that coach, who, whoever it may be, is a tool. You know, the same rules apply if you break it down and strip away the people and the coaches and the labels, it's still run, easy, long, short, increase mileage, you adapt the mind, you adapt the body, um, and then you play with very little. I've done half marathon programs for athletes all the way up till about seven years old, and you know, the body 
is not going to tolerate the same thing that you and I can tolerate. You know, this is just something that you can't deny when it comes to running. You can be an exceptional athlete. I'm sure there's, you know, men and women, you know, 20 plus years older than me who are faster than me, but that we don't know what their history is. You know what I'm saying? Yep. So yep. if you coach the athlete instead of the numbers, that's pretty much my straightforward coaching philosophy for the most I, part. So, you know, <laughs> I can let you get yeah. two words. In. No, you're good. I love hearing all of this because it's, um, I asked you about your evolution and it's so interesting to see how so much of it is intertwined and how, and I usually ask people like how they get into coaches. I've had a few run coaches on the podcast doing other episodes talking about different things. And I love how it always starts for the most part with people. It's like just a genuine love and curiosity for the sport and how else you can get involved in it. So to see you here go from, you know, you, you even said it, you're, you were non-competitive with yourself, with others, and then it's definitely tapping into a different level of yourself, not only as an athlete, but as a coach. And I just, I appreciate two of the things that you said so, 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 so much is your coach is a tool because that's the truth, right? Like a coach is a coach is only as good as the athlete, I feel, or maybe, maybe that might be a stretch, right? Like that might be a stretch, but I feel like if the athlete isn't going to commit to what the coach is offering, then you're really not going to get much out of it. So that's like one thing that I love that just even seeing it as, and you compared it to like your shoes and your watch. And I truly, truly, I just, I really love that perspective because it really does put the onus on the individual runner. Like you get out of this relationship, what you're putting into it. I think that's kind of, that's kind of what I hear a lot of what you're saying. And I'm like, yes. And then also it's the, and this is probably just because of where I am in my own running evolution, the whole idea of train the athlete or you'll get in a cycle of chasing numbers. And that is just so beautiful because, I mean, you've ran enough, you've seen progress within your own running. And sometimes progress isn't necessarily connected to the numbers, right? Like sometimes progress is more connected to how you handled the disappointment of a race, how you handled yourself when a race got challenging. So I love that those things are being brought up because I I wrote down here, it's like, how has running evolved in general, right? Like that's such a big question because I feel, and maybe you can kind of tell me if you've been picking up on the same thing where when I started running, um, similar to you, it was 10 years ago. That's when I was like, okay, I'm going to do this like for real. Before then it was, Mm -hmm. oh, there's a gym, there's a treadmill in the gym. Let me go do that. Like, oh, master is exactly Exactly. And at that time, at least when I started running, I, you know, I got into the sport because of my daughters and I really wanted to be a healthy role model for them. And in the beginning, everything was so new and I didn't know what I was doing. And so all I knew to go by were the numbers, right? Like that was all I had where it was like, oh, I'm growing as a runner because my 5k time got faster or my half marathon time got faster. And the longer I'm in this sport, I realize that it's 
not just the numbers. Like the numbers are still very, very motivating. But when I think of what do I need to do to be in this sport long term, how do I need to stay healthy? I've had it's a long life. It's a it's a lifelong sport. And I think like once you've been doing it for a decade or so, you realize that's the goal. Yeah. Yeah. So like and it's not to say that I don't have time goals. Um, Mm -hmm. but it's to say that my grip on those time goals has loosened because I feel again, so like when I first started running, I felt like everything was about numbers. And like, if you want to run fast, you've got to run fast. Like, I feel like that's when I started, that was it. And now I I feel like the pendulum has swung, not so much in the other direction, but maybe a more neutral direction where it's like, no, if you want to run fast, you actually have to slow down, right? Like you actually have to take your ego out. And I know you shared something about this um, in your stories. I feel like maybe a few weeks ago where you were like, you're like, I have to take my ego out in order to be okay with the numbers on my watch or something to that effect. And it was, you were talking about, if you you don't have um, to truly run well, you have to have enough confidence in your fitness to run slow yes you know, that's like, exactly what it was. is that and I think that when we first embark on those like numbers or speeds or I'm going to be faster in this race so I'm going to now run let's just let's like say I'm like I remember 8 30 being like I was like everything I was like running 18 miles and I realized you know what this is like way too fast for what you it's not making you and so you have to take that back seat and like let the runner or the coach like someone that's where coaching can good coaching can come in and kind of put things into perspective for you because you know as you know I mean runners are stubborn like they're just a different breed especially if they're going <laughs> to take on training for like a half or a full marathon because you know they're already strong-willed because you need to be disciplined to get your runs done and live your life um so there is similarities with people who use coaches are coached and do marathons i'm i'm just gonna put that out there you're just a different (laughs) you're a different breed yeah you know you know you to convince me of running slower to get faster was like something I had to see for myself. You know, you weren't going to tell me anything. I was like, (laughs) well, and I think that's also, and you mentioned this earlier, you said having a sense of pace and pace versus effort. And I think that's part of it, part of what you're talking about too, because I, yes, runners are, are incredibly stubborn. I think we can be oftentimes very bullheaded. We're like, nope, that's the goal. We're going to go for it. And it does take a little bit to kind of pull back the reins and be like, okay, but what is actually serving you? What is actually going to help you be the strong, gritty runner that you need to become race day, right? And I feel like that's a lot of what you're talking about. It's, it's not only it's coaching the individual athlete, but I feel what I'm getting from you is also just, and I think this is part, a big part of the coaching relationship too. It's like giving also the person the tools to connect to who they are as a runner themselves. Like, can you tell the difference between your efforts? Not like if we take the watch away, can you tell? And that's like, 
that's something, at least for myself, I always, when I'm running and I'm like, okay, can I, how can I, can yeah. I guess my pace? Can I guess yeah. what I'm running and have it be in alignment without looking at my watch just based on feel? Yeah. And I think yeah. that's also just a big part of where the coach comes in. Cause I, and I guess this is a question I'll go into the next question then. So if I were coming to you and I say, Hey, I'm interested in coaching. What is the conversation that you have with people? What is your coaching style? Do you give people their plans? Like, do you, in general, do you do like a 12 week training plan and you give it to a person? Or is it one of those things where they get the training plan from you weekly? What's kind of the communication that happens with you as a coach? So, so that people... uh, Go ahead. Yeah, sorry to cut you finish. Um, no, no, I was just so, going to say so that anyone who listens to this know, like they can get a preview of what it would be yeah. like to start this conversation with you and work mm-hmm. with you. So I um, used to, just like when I started taking one-on-one personal training clients, I used to say yes to everyone. I figured that the more experience, the most cost-efficient was the way to gain the experience. Now people are like, no, I want an experienced blah, 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 or how long, you know, but you just don't get that experience unless you're going to say yes. So I was constantly saying yes. It didn't matter who you were. I nothing was personal. If you asked me, and just with my same with my training, I never. Um, when it comes to the personal running coaching and training, I don't advertise it because I don't want to allure a, a client that doesn't look for me. So I'd rather be sought out. Now to for that to happen. It's usually, believe it or not, it's it's funny how social media works because I've had some amazing clients running great with great success that have found me on Instagram. Like they didn't even know me besides that platform. So I found that kind of interesting. But I think if you're authentic and true to what you are and what you say, when you do come to me in person, things do align as such. Um, anyways, that being said, I spent like I would say a good solid three years once it was on the upswing where I was like okay trying to juggle maybe more than six running clients and I was like yes 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 I was me personally trying to accommodate them so if they were like hey um you know every week my schedule changes hey I'm um I travel for work so I have to let you know hey I really need to know two weeks in advance because I have to try, you know, my, my kid does, you know, tournaments, so I'm going to be gone this weekend. So, so I was always trying to accommodate them because I felt like it, I took it on such a personal level. As that evolved, I realized I need to be more in sync with them as coach athlete. And I realized that's where we what that's where we'd always bump heads if you know the tables turned and you know I we just didn't work together anymore so I was like I always like to sit back and evaluate okay where where, not where did I go wrong but how can I be better how can I be better service you know being a coach being a trainer you're constantly on all day you're talking to people and you're teaching so that teaching to me I need to know that you can understand 
the lingo, my language, that we in some level speak the same language, that you are open-minded to my ideas behind expectations. That's a big word. You want to be very clear. I want to, and I am now very clear with what their expectations are for me and my expectations from them if I take them on as a client because it can be a really wonderful thing. And as it grew, I wanted to cultivate a team environment, culture. Um, I wanted there, there was such an array of levels, but at the same time, I wanted them to know that I'm here for everyone. When we meet on a run or at the track a couple of times a month, and I had not seen them run before, I would be very, we would have an open-ended conversation, whether it be in person or on the phone before we, I, you know, before we continued with the coaching and made all those clear, you know, like, are you open to, there's two things that I strongly um, require is some sort of strength training and some sort of recovery routine. What I found with myself and with other athletes is that you're, I want to set you up for success. Most of what I find is the runners that come to me have very specific personal goals. So I realized that, okay, this is what's happening. This is what you want. And to be honest, I don't really get very, um, what do you like? feel like I was like excited about that. I don't know. Like I I'm hearing what you're saying and I'm like, Oh, you're, and you said it right. So you're training the athlete. And yeah. I love that because it's like, you're like, no, no, no. If you're going to work with me, you have to see yourself in ath as an athlete and an athlete oh, doesn't just run, right? Yeah. Like an athlete does okay. not just run. Yeah. yeah. Like if you want to be more relaxed and just like, Hey, I want a 12 week half marathon running plan. I'm not the one for you. Like I'll say that straight up. So it's definitely something that I think people want to embark on a not longer. I don't do things like, Oh, you have to commit six months. Oh, you have, what I like to do is because people change usually, or their ideals change. So I keep it on a month to month plan and I send plans out every Sunday. So sometimes it would be for two weeks and I've only just recently in the last, um, we're usually on an email thread. Everyone gets their own. I don't send out everyone's plan to everyone, but if I have like a group announcement to make, or we're going to go to the, you know, where I can be able to see everyone at once, as opposed to, I do also run individually one-on-one -on -one with each runner at some point several times um, in the buildup to a race or I need to be with you. I need to see how you run, how you associate yourself to running, um, what might be holding you back. Um, that is a huge thing. It's, it's two of my, two of my athletes right now training for races are actually also running coaches. Um, I'm still, I'm, I'm coached as well. I need that perspective that's not me looking in the mirror. I want someone from the outside. I want their opinion because I trust them. Because 
I, I hear something that I might not always like what I hear. I don't want you to tell me like, great job, good job. I don't need like applause. I want truth. And I think that since I know what I want out of a coach, usually that's what is been attracted to me. Meaning that my clients, my athletes, these runners, they, they are up for the game of figuring out, okay, they have this like goal A here, but you know, there's like the alphabet is A to Z. So <laughs> maybe you can like go A, B, C, skip, you know, J, K, L, but really how many letters can you skip to get to Z? You know what I mean? Like you have yeah. to, you have to do, you have to do the dance. So on that note, every person individually needs a little bit something different. And that's the fun part about the team um, culture is that we can get to the track and um, practice different things like strides and form. And I can see them and give them that perspective. I can take a video of them running and they can see themselves from a different set of eyes. Um, the support is always there. And once, once I realized that you can do so much more together than individually, I realized that that is a huge stepping stone and a growth spurt in a lot of their success. So I continued on that page and continued and continued. And I really feel like this year, 2022, it's really been solidified and whatever dead weight was there kind of like the low hanging fruit fell. And now we're like in this really great place of a, a great group. I I'm like amazed at what some of them have been able to do just not even by numbers, but by just simply like someone told them you could do it. You know, you need that person who believes in you and tell you the truth. You know, they know I'm not, gonna say something that they want to hear but I will also not hold back if I see some progress if I'm running with them and I'm like do you see now you see how your foot is hitting the ground you're like I don't hear you anymore or you're not you don't you, do you have shin splints anymore no why because you're not heel striking anymore so it's all these little mechanics and how the mind and the body interact with each other and I think that mind muscle connection is super important it's part of that line that I feel like I've this this gap that start starting narrow between the fitness industry and the running world and there's like there was always this gap but this gap is getting really small and somewhere in this little fine lane is like I picture me and, and you know these these athletes where we've kind of found this balance where we're able to learn from each other. I can mentor them into some of the careers that they're in, which you know they have extensive education far beyond what I have in you know physiology, anatomy, um, masters. You know they have. They have all these great accolades, and now they're able to connect with a community 
where someone is putting that experience behind their back. So now they can take all that with them and actually put it on the road, you know, put it in their programs, put it in their work, put it in their family life. Um, and, you know, as they always say, and I truly believe that running is, is parallel to life and, and so much of what you feel inside, you know, that, that dopamine fix, uh, the adrenaline, uh, all those, all the good, good hormones that stimulate our brain, it really plays into their lives, their personal lives. And you're just watching this human being evolve. And for me, I find tremendous, tremendous fulfillment in that. It's also helped me kind of nudge me in the right direction with my goals and being more vulnerable with them so they can see you know what, like, I'm not, don't, like, don't, I've, I've made the mistake with, with runners and coaches and putting them on this pedestal. Yeah. And then you get up close and personal and you're like, whoa, you're just a human being. Like, you're not, yeah. you know, yeah. so I want to humanize myself, even if they might look up to me for some reason, um, and put myself out there with them in the, in the arena. Like, I'm not just, on the sidelines with my, you know, with my timer and my whistle, I'm, I'm in there with them, you know, I want to jump in a race with them when I can, uh, and just kind of show them a little bit more than they might see on their own when you're stuck in your own head a little bit, which we've all been. Yeah. I thank you for sharing all of that because it really does, um, I, I was smiling to hear you because I'm like, oh, wow. I don't know if you've realized this, but you've come full circle, right? Like you were the one being, you were the mentee at some point, And now you're in a position of being a mentor. So like, it's so beautiful to hear you because as you were talking about the woman, you know, who for five years was kind of pushing you and pushing you, I'm like, oh, I wonder if she realizes that that's what she's doing now too. So it's, again, when we're talking about the athlete and the wholeness of them, it's like, Oh, you're not just working with them on running, but you're working on them of this whole like running is parallel to life of how do we fully embody the gains on the run so that you live that in everything else that you do. And right. it was just so beautiful to hear you say that. And I just wanted to point that out. So I'm like, I, I wonder if she's paused to reflect yeah. on, on like oh, your as part of your evolution. Constant. Yeah, it's a constant. I think that to really be some sort of teacher you always have to be the student yeah um the learning never ends and and the, we're just getting more and more information and more data is being collected and the evolution is constant i'm i'm a, i get turned off by being stuck like i get frustrated more at staying either stagnant not about you know, we're not talking like race numbers and stuff like that. I mean, just as a, as a, as a whole, like if I'm, I'll, I'll tend to just walk away and drop everything and pick up something else that I feel might be holding me down. I don't, I don't, I know that I'm ready for growth. And if, and if you're with me or you're a student of mine and you like, I'm going to be honest with you, like we're doing, I'm doing this. And you're more than welcome to come, but I'm not going to make you comfortable by staying in those shallow waters. Like 
Now we learned how to swim. So we're going to go to the deep end. Like you can stay there. I'm not going to judge you. This might be <laughs> your journey and that's great, but I'm going here. So, you know, like you can, yeah. <laughs> it's like, so I found some comfort and confidence in that aspect of my career and this run coaching where I know that it's a lot of my ways are very unconventional. Um, I keep it where a dozen people now and I'm like, that's where I, I feel good at, you know, maybe some people really like to continue the, the, the coaching with me. And some people like to jump aboard for a race. And that's all good. You know, it's, it, it's not something that you have to fully commit to for your entire life or an entire year. It could just service you for a short time. Um, and I think that that piece of it is really important because with all the people who come in or come out and me putting myself in situations that are uncomfortable or, or having hard conversations has helped me grow as an athlete as a mom, you know, um, as a business owner, I, I always thought like, wow, I would be about 30 years old and say, you know, it'd be just really cool if I could do this. I, I, I thought it almost out of grip, you know, I didn't think that that was something I could really, I saw it in the distance, but I just realized, okay, if the answer is just keep going and you'll find what your, you know, your purpose and your passion usually are right next to each other yeah. they're not exactly the same yeah yeah I just truly appreciate that too because it's funny because it's running is and I feel and I mean maybe you can tell me if I'm wrong um but I feel like most people look for run coaches when they are tackling something like the half marathon or the full marathon so I really appreciate your emphasis, and I would assume this is just like a very high value for you of like clarity, clarity and communication, the C's clarity, communication, and commitment. Like if you're going to commit to this big goal and you want to work with me, you've got to commit to being open-minded. You've got to commit to trying things that may seem unconventional, but really they're not unconventional when you think about the purpose behind why you're suggesting certain things, right? Like there's usually either an intuitive lived experience that you have, or because there's just, there's, you know, people don't do 400s just for the sake of doing 400s, right? Like there, there's usually a purpose behind There's some it. science behind it. And I think people <laughs> yeah. want to know what that is exactly, exactly. And especially after a certain amount of time, but it's all part of the, the process. I think that you're already, I always give everyone a lot of credit because I feel that before they've approached me, they've already gone through a lot to get like mentally have come to a place of a lot of work to pick up that phone or send that message. Am I right? Like, I would agree. I would agree. I think it's, it's, um, you know, for me personally, that's when I reached out to a coach and I started working with a coach, it was because multiple things. One, I was tired of the way I was doing things because it just didn't feel good. I was like, I am not like, you I knew there was something better. Maybe and there was something. Yes. What? Like, they're like, Hey, white flag, like help me. Absolutely. <laughs> Absolutely. And then the second part was just, I was tired of trying to figure it out for myself. Like that it was part of that where I'm like, 
I, and, and I think it's, everyone's different, but for me, I was like, I just got to a point I had been training myself for so long that I got to a point where I was like, all right, I need someone else to tell me what to do. And I just need to show up. Like I have to make so many yeah. decisions in my life. I want someone else who actually enjoys doing that to figure mm-hmm. it out for me. And then my commitment to that is I'm going to give it a try, whether I nail it perfectly, I'm going to give it a try. And I think that's such a big part of this relationship too, of, you know, where it's the clear communication, that's part of it. And it's that, all right, if I'm going to work with you, it's because I am going to be open to your philosophy, to your method, to your requirements, to your demands, to whatever it is. Like there's you, you know, you have become a coach in the way that you, you are a coach and you teach in the way that you know, works, right? And if I'm coming to you, it's because I've seen you and I'm like, you know what? Yes, I want to trust her. I think that's like a big part of it. So I really appreciate the, and I wrote it down here because I just, I love, love, love this, um, how you run with your athletes, right? And you're running with them so that you can see how they run. And then also- this beautiful, beautiful thing of, so that you can start to understand their relationship to running. And I think that is so great because again, if we're looking at people who are, who are running or their goal is to run a half marathon or a marathon, you know, I know that you spend a lot of time in your head and that can be, I mean, I've had races where I'm like, Oh, training was great. And physical, I was, on it. And then I show up on race day. And this happened to me, Chicago, a few years ago, was I woke up and just crazy levels of anxiety, no clue where it came from. Like, I nothing I was like, wait, everything was fine. I was fine. I went to bed fine. And that morning, and that right there, it wasn't even what my body could physically do. It was all about what was happening in my mind. Yes. I mean, marathon especially is all mental. I think that the body, we are adaptable creatures. We're, you know, this is how we're made. What you put our, you put us in, an, in a, there's like lab tests, multiple. I, I read studies. I read and I read and I study the best athletes and I study the best coaches that I personally admire and and look at their careers in history and they all say the same thing and if you're if your mind is not stronger than your emotions your emotions will win every single time and it's all great to have these huge aspiring goals but we usually set that standard for ourselves when we're in a very good mood and we're very comfortable but when push comes to shove and it gets physically hard, where do you tap into? All you got is up here. This is the boss. This is like the, this is the control system. Um, physically, we all know we get to that race. Of course, anything can happen, but you did the training. You're, you, you did the training. You're there, you're running. So that part of running with them and being there on some setting the stage with some really hard circumstances that may or may not happen, um, you're still setting the stage to deal with mental strength. 
yesterday I did a workout with three athletes and I intentionally did it in a place of hard, a place of hard, let's just say that. It was dark. It was quiet. We were not on the streets. You know, we were in a, on a gravel kind of surface, sandy gravel. And I whipped up this, you know, totally physically doable for each of them. I'm not even talking like a, a you know, 400s or 200s things, things that you have to like put in the anaerobic and go yeah. and then stop because you're going so hard. Nobody can, you know, go zone five for so long. That's like you know, you're going to use that in that fight or flight, but it was enough uncomfortableness that a little bit of weakness up here would have slowed them down. So I use these like harder than typical circumstances in training so that you can kind of sharpen the tool in the head. I said to them after you know, one woman texted me like, wow, that was, that was hard today, but it was good. And I was like, because it was a hundred percent mental, you know, that you were, you were in an uncomfortable place physically, but totally doable. These numbers for them, I know can say in great confidence, like they could have done this alone. I didn't need to be there. I don't need to be there. They've done a lot, you know, sometimes the pressure of having your coach there, I always find for myself too, as like, I get way too nervous because I want to do so well for them. Um, but it was a nonstop run and we switched paces, but that mental fortitude, that's where that's built. And that is the largest portion of marathon training to me, for me, and as a coach. Now your body's another thing. That's why I recovery and the strength, but your legs, that's the numbers, right? Like you, we all have our, we all have our limit and we set that bar but generally i'm telling you from myself and my athletes that that bar is bullshit we can always exceed that far and above and beyond but someone's got to like break those walls down and again i'm the tool i might be the tool to kind of like get in your head in that moment and say you know you got to start asking nobody's in there besides you you got to ask the hard questions you know, do I want this? How bad do I want this? Um, is, you know, it, it's, it's so it's such on a personal level. So whatever those questions are in that hard moment, are you going to know how to dig deep in that, you know, real estate up here, like your head, there's a lot of real estate, like who is taking up space in there, you get to decide. And, and as soon as that's kind of hands off, that's when that's when each of us can crumble, even at our in our best physical shape. It's not running is not that. Um, the marathon is the marathon. It's not, it's yeah. not something to be. Uh, you, you, nobody conquers the marathon. It's like there to rip you to. Oh yeah, I self. always say yeah. I always say I'm like the marathon's a beast and it doesn't care. Like it does not care. It's twenty six point two miles and it's un forgiving like so unforgiving and I tell people that too you know the longer the distance and I mean in all of them right it's like the brain your brain we think that running is all physical and that's what we see and I'm like no 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 the brain is an even bigger part of it like the brain you know I would say it's maybe like 80 to 90 percent up here and then 10 percent your body 
agree. 100%. It can, it can change, but I, you know, I try to tell people that I'm like, and again, for me in my season in life, I'm like, just don't like try not to pay attention to the pace. Try not to do that. Um, and instead like start building that awareness and that trust with yourself, like feel the run, feel the effort for yourself, feel like I, I, there's this quote years ago. I had saw it, I had said it where it's like, all I can do is set the stage and hope that grace shows up. So I hear that with this, where it's like, I'm setting the stage. Now you're the one that's got to show up and decide what the cast of characters are going to be. Is the cast yeah. of characters going to be like, yeah, this is hard, but you can keep going. Or is the cast of characters going to include, this is too hard. You just need to stop. Right. And yeah. that yeah. I feel like, you know, they, there's studies too, where it's like your, your brain starts to crash before your body does. percent. So I really, I, that to me, I just love that because I think it's so important for people to know that, that what you're committing to when you work with a run coach or when you <laughs> want to do a full marathon or a half marathon, it's, you're not just committing to doing the miles. Like you are committing, in my opinion, to a whole lifestyle overhaul. Like you right. have to change the way you are recovering, the way you are strength training. You have to change your relationship to movement, to rest. Mm -hmm. You have to change the relationship you have with your self-talk. So it's, it's, to me, it's not, it's not just here, show up, here's the plan, do it, run, you got it. It's like, no, no, yeah. there's a lot of stuff that you need to figure out because it's going to get hard. Like, that's just it. I've yet to hear... I've yet to hear anybody, even on like their perfect race days where they get the PR and all of that. I've yet to hear them say like, no, that was completely easy from beginning to end. No, there's that's only like, a point. That's not why we do it. I think that there's this like human, the people, the, the, the small percentage of people who do marathons, it's like this obsession with this distance and this race because it is so hard. It is so yeah. humbling and exciting. And you really do meet another you on the other side of that. Whatever happened, it's not the 26.2. It's what happened in that time. That That's what's going to mm. change you, you know? Um, yep. The good, the bad, the ugly, you won't ever go back to that you know jessica that was at the start line when you no. crossed that finish line like you said no matter how no. good or bad that reflects um your race your pr it doesn't matter you know yeah. we come back for more and more because you know hey there's some some untapped i have got some unfinished business you know going on there so you go you know people please go back for more and go back well, so yeah. I can see that. it's like this almost it could be a vicious cycle there there's and, and listen after <laughs> chicago last year i said i am no i am not doing this ever again like we're good i'm good on the marathon experience and then i was like oh well you know london <laughs> marathon six star and i'm always like i'm like man you know i just complain so much and yet I keep coming back to it. And I think it's because of what you just said, where it's talk about a process of breaking yourself down and building yourself back up 
mm-hmm. brutally, but beautifully, right? Where you're like, man, I creation. I mean, creation happens after destruction. So yes, there is, you know, if if you feel that happening or you've experienced it, you can't help but wonder. So even if you don't go back to it per se, or people who do it, you know, there's people who do it once and they just know it's not for them. It doesn't matter. You're never going to be that person again, you know? So it's just, it always, it takes everything and then some, but it always gives more. That's how I feel at the end of it. When I can sit back a month later and like process the, the race, I can say, you know, I can really look at it for what it is and be, you can be, you can't, I can lie to you here today, but I can't lie to myself. You still have to wake up and go to sleep with the same person of yourself. You look in the mirror every day. So you, you can, it's just too honest. And I, and I just love that piece of it. Um, It creates great relationships because of it and the honesty between the coach and the athlete. So if that chemistry is there, it's going to be cultivated and rooted and then, you know, hopefully blossom from there. You know, those are, those are the, those are the ideal situations. Yeah. In that. Yeah. yeah. All right. I have one final question and I ask this one all the time because I love this sport. You love this sport. I think everyone should try running so the question I have is how can we make running more accessible for people, right? How do we, um, how do we make it feel more inviting? So if there's someone right now that's listening to this, that's like, oh, I want to run, but like, I don't know if I can, I can't run more than a block, or I don't think that's for me. Mm-hmm. What would your answer be? Or what would you tell people? First of all, if it, the thought even entered your mind, the only thing holding you back is the fear. So that those doubts are always going to be there. Now, that's kind of where the mental game starts in. So the accessibility for it, and you know, I can only speak from my experience, is that I just decided, you know, I'm not going to do my six mile walk today only. I would look at a block in front of me and you know, this was even over a decade before I would even fathom running with a group. Um, that is intimidating. I'm not going to sugarcoat it. Uh, I don't think that that it is for everyone. Um, I think that we make this monster in our head that doesn't exist. And that is fear. And that is crippling. So, you know, now we have all these social platforms and networks where I think people are tuning in more and realizing, hmm, you know, if so-and-so can do it, I can do it. So the more that you do share your story, your story, Stephanie, my story, Jessica, I think that that is the accessibility that people are looking for when it might seem overwhelming. Like maybe they are like, what? Like she walked before she ran? You know, I, so many people are, you know, I, I, like, you'll never forget the day you ran a mile nonstop. It's not that you just put on your shoes and you can't understand why everyone doesn't do this. Like that's such <laughs> bullshit. Yeah, you know? it is. <laughs> um, I don't think everyone's going to love it. I wish that everyone would like fall in love with it the way I do. You know, when you hype something up and you're like this restaurant or this movie and you're like, and then you are like, did you like it? Cause you don't want to like, yeah, talk. <laughs> that's so, why. 
I always try to tell people, I'm like, look, I love it. I love running, but the act of it sometimes really sucks. Like, (laughs) so I always try to tell people, I'm like, it's hard. Like, I will say that there are days where the effort, the effort feels easier. It's not that the physical act is easier, at least for me, that that's kind of where I try to tell people, I'm like, look, I love it. And yet there are many days where I'm like, oh, I don't want to do it. But then once I'm out there, I'm like, okay, this feels great. Right. There's never a run. I've never had a run that I regretted. You know, maybe there's, there's definitely been times where, where I didn't go. And I would say, I regret, you know, the days yes. would come and I'd be in bed and I'd be like, you know, like slapping yep. myself. <laughs> but yep. once I'm, I've never regretted going afterwards. Yep. So that's kind of when you know that you're doing the right thing. I think we all have the, the monkeys in our head, you know? So you have like the devil here, the angel here. And we know instinctually, like it's in our gut. It's They call it a gut feeling for a reason. That's your intuition. This is where all of who you are and what you know to be um, exists. And sometimes that can't be put into words and it's a different feeling for everyone. But if you're hearing those voices and you're still having the doubt, I think that the fear and the doubt of doing something is the exact reason why you should do it. And, and that it's that simple. Like I wouldn't even overanalyze it more than that, that you don't need to have a special kind of shoe. You don't need to have a special kind of clothing. You don't need to have a special kind of gear. Get the fuck off of Instagram and social media yep. for one day. And you might think of yourself a little bit more highly. It can be toxic. Um, that's just, it's just the truth. You can go down the rabbit hole of comparison. I mean, there's just, it could, it could, it could be a nightmare, but that's oh, if, yeah. you let, if you let it be. Um, so I think that the act of the movement behind running is what propels the positive feedback and then the positive reinforcement for the person. So if you're listening and you're like, oh, I want to do, you know, and, and all you can think about is marathon or racing or BQ, you know, that, that needs to just put that aside, put the shoes on, whatever you have and go out the door. That's it. You know, I love that. You're like, so stop thinking and just start doing. And I think that that is such a great sentiment to end on because yeah, if you are thinking about it, do it like the, I feel especially with doubt and fear, those are two little voices that are never going to go away. Like I, they're, they just, they're going to pop up as often as you give them the space. So I think, yeah, if you're thinking about it, go do it. And then even something you alluded to as well is find people to do it with, right? Like, you really you'll be surprised they're out there (laughs) they're They're out out there there. waiting for you they're gonna embrace you they're gonna look forward to meeting up with you and and it's not as intimidating as we create you know i think that once you put one foot in front of the other usually whatever we're putting out there that's what's going to come to us anyway so you'll end up attracting that same you know, that same vibe or that you'll be like, oh, 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 oh. And then the similarities just click. I think that we don't even allow ourselves, we don't give ourselves enough credit. So, you know, we're just 
always listening, like you said, to that doubt and fear. And it's really just not, it's non-existent. We create it in our, in our, in our mental space. So if, if whenever you're, whenever I'm feeling that way, I replace it with an action. It doesn't mean sometimes I might not even get into the act of going for that run, you know, like, but I'll do something else. So this morning, like today, I was like, I'm not, I'm not, I'm going to, I had like some deep massage yesterday and I knew the, the worst thing for me to do is wake up the next day and run, even though I'm rested. Like, it's like, I have to fight that urge and I know it's not the right thing to do. So I'm going to let my body. So I came in my, my little room here and I just started like stretching and I put music on and I just created a space of movement and that replaced my urge to do something that I, you know, shouldn't do or something maybe I need to do. And, and it actually got the ball rolling on a positive note for the whole day, you know? So I think that instead of being, it's, it's easier said than done. I think that fear can be paralyzing. Oh yeah. And the more that you practice it, the more that you practice the action behind the fear, the easier it will become. It's not, it's not easy. It's not. I don't think. I think. Mean, I don't think that's fair to someone who might be listening and thinking like, "Oh, that's easy for her to say." But I do know for a fact that if you replace any doubt, bad mood, whatever is negative creeping in, and you do some action, you know, whatever you like to. I mean, sometimes I'll start cooking. Um, sometimes I just will go to like my son's soccer practice instead of like staying home and, you know, whatever it is that I might be feeling some sort of way about, replace it with an action as soon as possible. <laughs> yeah, it's like you're interrupting the cycle, right? You're yeah, interrupting that cycle and that spiral because replace. one thought's going to lead to another, to another, to another. Correct. Yeah. Yeah. Well, thank you so much thank for being you. on the podcast. And yeah, I can't, I, I can't, I'm looking forward to hear all the others. I mean, what a I great idea. Yeah, I'm looking for, I'm just, this is, this is so much joy for me because everyone is so different. And yet I feel I'm going to make this big assumption now jumping ahead the entire season is that what really unites us all is going to be a love of running and the passion we all feel for spreading running and a lot of, you know, what I heard you say and what I have experienced myself as someone who's been coached is the how it's through this relationship where we can both motivate and inspire one another to go after things that maybe we didn't think was possible, but to what yeah. you said, where it's like, if the idea is there, then it is possible. Now it's just a matter of, okay, let's get through all the clutter or like your metaphor of the alphabet of like, okay, let's kind of like get through these letters and see how do we connect the dots best and I feel like for anyone who's looking for a coach, that's it. Like that coach, whether it's you or someone else is there yeah. to help connect the dots for you and to give you the tools so that you can do it yourself as well. Right. Because again, yeah. you yes. as a coach you can, are yeah, only, <laughs> exactly like you yeah. can, like you, yeah. you, you, you can schedule the most beautiful workouts for people but if they're not coming to do them there's only so much so, you're gonna get out of that. <laughs> exactly. yeah so 
Well, thank you, Jessica, so much for being on Runners Roundtable. Uh, do you have anything before we officially sign off? Do you have anything that you want to share? Any your social media, anything that you want? If people want to follow up, I will put stuff in the show notes, but also for those who are listening or who are going to watch this maybe on YouTube later, anything else, any other way to connect with you? Yes. Um, matter of fact, I use Instagram a lot as a ways for communication. It's just um, accessible for me. Um, so you can find me at just Jess seven, seven. And through that link, I also have my live with Jess classes. So I do three times a week strength training. And that's also a little bit different because I'm with a small group in person and on the screen at the same time. So you have a one hour like in person situation and then they're recorded and up. So at this point we're over 350 classes uh, and it's really cool. It's just something different than I've ever seen before. And I'm not just saying that because I do it, but I can't believe that it's still happening. It really just originated from the pandemic and being out of the gym space and finding other places to work out in small groups. And it just took a life of its own. And it's something I'm, I'm very proud of. And I'm proud of how it's um, just transpired into the media world and in the lives of those who have been a constant there, eight people, nine people now, you know, three times a week, one hour a day. And we are focused more on the individual again, then, you know, and there's people in that class that have never ran a day in their life. So it's a whole, you know, strength training has got a legs of its own. So that's another world in itself. But I do intertwine the two and find that medium. It really just feeds one hand feeds the other. So those are just the two ways you can um, contact me or ask me any questions. I'm pretty quick to respond and day of. And thanks again for having me, Steph. I really appreciate your commitment. And it seems like you found your little niche here. I really, I, I've only been on a couple of podcasts, but I have to say you're, you're good. You're good. You're really thank good. You. You're probably, thank you. Probably, thank you. Thank you. Thank you. I don't want to leave without saying that part. I thought that was it's super. Thank so, you so, so much. All right, everyone. We'll see you soon. Ciao. I love talking to Jessica and truly appreciate how her work centers on training the athlete, not just the runner. Jessica reminded me of the importance of humanizing myself, and I hope you are inspired to take action towards your goals, regardless of the fears or doubts that may come up. For more on Jessica, check her out and give her a follow on Instagram at justjess77 and live.withjess. You can also follow me on Instagram at the cookie runner and read a lot of the writings that inspire the discussions I have here on the runners Roundtable on my website at thecookierunner.net. Until next time, run happy, run strong, and run true to you.